0: Hello, I'm Mario Toniguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast, taking care of business today with Peter Menzies, who is a Senior Fellow at the MacDonald-Laurier Institute, former newspaper executive and past Vice Chair of the CRTC. Thanks for joining us today, Peter.
1: Hey, Mario. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your interest.
0: All right, and before we get into it, full disclosure: Peter was once my boss at the Calgary Herald. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk, Peter, of a, a, a recent uh, piece that you uh, published uh, called "It's the End of an Era for News." The uh, the okay, I'm tr- the industry can either adapt or die, and so tell me where you see the industry right now, the news industry in Canada.
1: Well, it's going through a massive transition. I mean the invention of the internet, particularly I mean the World Wide Web by Sir Tim Berners Lee around nineteen ninety three is really I think this is what people are having difficulty coming to grips with. This is as significant a technological change in the way we communicate with each other as was the invention of the printing press about six hundred years ago. It it really shifts everything. It it takes away certain Monopoly constructs. Newspapers used to have quasi monopolies in their markets. I mean, the most Calgary could hold was was two dailies, and you know that was contentious at at the time because you needed a fifty million dollar printing press to be in the business, right? Yeah. So the cost of entry was very high. With the with the World Wide Web, suddenly every realtor, car dealer, sports franchise, they all had their own media, and they haven't. They didn't need the old media, so. One world is dying, and another one is uh, is about to be born.
0: So, where you know, uh, you know, when you look at the, say, the newspaper world, let's talk. Just first of all about newspapers. Uh, is it going to be there for forever, or, or do we see the end of newspapers coming at at some point? Print newspapers.
1: Yeah, I can't see any future at all for print newspapers. I mean, I can see, I can see a, a future in which there is a print product by somebody that comes out on the weekends. Like the my Globe and Mail subscription these days, for instance, is like online only, um, but on Saturday I get the, the print version for those people who still like it. But it'll be a small number of people. The press runs, I mean, frankly, the press runs at those newspapers that still exist are pretty small these days. So it's it's moving in that direction. It's It's an online world. It's not an, even an over-the-air world anymore. It's uh, everything is will be centered on the internet.
0: So, what do we? Well, not we, <laughs> but what is the media still in that world in some ways? But what does the media have to do? The mainstream media have to do to survive.
1: Oh well, they need to completely change their structures. I mean, one of the reasons one of the reasons why I think it's difficult for newspapers to survive. Is that they were built on highly pro- highly profitable foundations, um, where they they made a lot of money, right? So they could hire hire a lot of people, and it, I mean it it fell apart very quickly, for 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 them. These these things um, aren't aren't easy in terms of that, but their internal infrastructures. I, I mean all their liabilities in terms of pension costs, the collective bargaining agreements, the hours that people work, and that sort of stuff. All of those. Aren't appropriate for the type of flexibility and innovation that you need these days. And I I don't say that, you know, to imply that people shouldn't be well paid and have good benefits and vacations and that sort of stuff, but you need to recreate the whole thing. So I really see it as one world is going to have to a large parts anyway, some will survive, but large parts of of one world are really going to have to die um, to be reborn as as something new. And i think the thing we have to remember is that what, what's important is that journalism survives not necessarily the horse that it rides mm-hmm.
0: when you uh, look at newspapers specifically uh, peter uh is there room for two newspapers today in one city owned by the no. same company <laughs>
1: no well i mean it's pointless right i mean right now you've got a kind of construct with with post media where I mean, the only difference between the Calgary Sun and the Calgary Herald that I can see in terms of content is Rick Bell writes for one and Don Braid writes for the other. And that allows them to probably Mm -hmm. fulfill their obligations to the Competition Bureau when it allowed the host media to take over Sun Media, which was very contentious.
0: Yeah. So when you're uh, uh, looking at the, uh, I guess, the decline of uh, the mainstream media out there, what is that do uh, what is the impact on on local news coverage
1: well it's been very very devastating right i mean you think about it um 30 40 years ago calgary city hall would have had i don't know eight ten reporters regularly covering on it all the tv stations had a a beat down there i think the calgary herald had probably two reporters and one full-time columnist covering Mm -hmm. city hall that would have been in a city half the size that uh, the, the city is today.
0: Mm-hmm. So you
1: don't have people there. I mean, but there are. I mean, one of the things I think we need to focus on is it's not just the destruction. It's it's the it's the construction of of, of new outlets. I mean, LiveWire Calgary does cover City Hall. Right? Yeah. So when you when somebody when somebody you know leaves a, a a gap you know or fill or a vacuum, somebody will fill it. Yeah, I think so the focus we need to have is on filling those gaps understanding that this con this construct can't fill that fulfill that purpose anymore, what construct can maybe live wires it maybe it isn't but I mean it's at least somebody's doing it and that's that's where I go to now for city hall coverage.
0: And is that where the opportunity is in the media world now? And we, you know, you mentioned Livewire, but, you know, on a national scale, uh, say we've got, say, Rebel News. We, uh, we've got, uh, you know, out here in Alberta, the Western Standard. Uh, these, and, and then there's a bunch of niche publications that are jumping in. Is, is that the future? Is that the future of journalism?
1: I don't know exactly what the future was if i did i wouldn't be telling you for free i'd be selling it to somebody um but but i think i think i think there's going to be a period of innovation and i think all of those are part of it i mean there's canada land which leans to the left by jesse brown there's uh, you know the line there's the hub um uh, you know the line is more commentary there's, there's the hub which is focused on public policy there's the logic um, there's Western Standard, there's all kinds of, there's actually, you know, everybody talks about all the newspapers that have died. There's like 200 startups, innovators, and that sort of stuff. There's the Narwhal, which focuses on environmental issues, right? Yeah. It's for the environmental crowd. I think, so there's lots of niches being filled, and, and you know, and with with some success. Um. The, and maybe that is what the future looks like. Maybe, maybe instead of having one aggregator of today's news i'm going to have to live in a world where i'm getting three or four you know i'm going to narrow it down to my three or four favorites um and i get some news i think the risk there is that we all end up living in a world where we're just getting our own opinions reinforced yeah. and not being exposed to other new ideas
0: yeah now peter i switching gears a little bit but uh i want to get your thoughts on cbc now CBC is under quite a lot of attack uh, in recent years. A lot of campaigns out there to defund the CBC. Uh, where do you think that uh, entity is headed?
1: Uh, for change, I think it's inevitable. I mean the the even the current Liberal government uh, Minister Pascal announced, announced the other day she's going to have a panel looking into the the CBC. There's a lot of pressure there always was from broadcasters, but now it is from people in the old print industry um, or the text industry, I guess we can call them, um, saying CBC needs to get out of the advertising business. It's, it's uh, the biggest competitor for online advertising right now, which is, you know, more and more scarce as the big tech companies uh, uh, create better and better methods of advertising mm-hmm. um, and that sort of stuff. So in my view, Nothing can be fixed. We can't really have a good, safe, secure future for journalism in Canada until we deal with the issue of the the CBC. It's, you can't, I mean, mean, imagine the real estate industry or the furniture industry or any other industry in which one large player is getting a billion-dollar-plus subsidy from the government. Yeah. Right? Nobody would be able to compete with that. Yeah. I mean, you just can't. You know, especially as the world's all going online and that sort of stuff. So you got to get, you, you got to figure that out. You could have the subsidy, but you can't be subsidizing a commercial competitor. I mean, I think there's a role for a public broadcaster in a country this size. Um, I have no problem with that. But what we have right now with the CBC is that it's a public broadcaster and a, it's a publicly funded commercial news opera news and entertainment operation. It is not a public broadcaster. So if we get it back to being a purely public broadcaster, we might have a chance.
0: Now one of the issues obviously with CBC and uh and other mainstream media over the years has been the issue of Independence, bias, especially the bias part of it. Uh, you know, uh, you see so many people upset about the bias in the mainstream media today. And that's why they're turning to the rebel news and the Western standards of the world. Uh, is it worse today than it was, say, in, uh, when we were <laughs> hanging around newsrooms?
1: Yeah, I think part of that there is that there, there isn't as much self-correction as there used to be in the newsroom i mean in in i mean it, i think it's generally conceded that newsrooms most journalists in most newsrooms i mean they're they all have arts degrees right i mean it's it the the, the general trend is that they will lean to the left of center right yeah. um There's nothing wrong with that you just have to whatever you are whether you lean to the right or whether you lean to the left you need to be aware of it and work to produce you know a copy that doesn't betray it, a bias, right? In a, in the old newsroom where you had a blend of people, there might be some guy who'd take a look at a, a piece of copy, you know, Menzies filed and sort of go, no, oh, come on, Menzies, you can't say that, right? You got to get somebody else doing this. You're going way over, the, you're going too far with that sort of stuff. The problem with these niche ones is that everybody in the newsroom maybe thinks along the same lines, you know, if you're a right-wing news organization, everybody's kind of agreeing with each other. If you're left-wing, everybody's kind of agreeing with each other. And there isn't somebody there to raise their hand the way Joe Velovitsky used to do and say, no, this yeah. is not right. And people would look at it and say, he's got a point.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about the um, the online legislation? I wanted to ask you that before we leave today. Uh, you know, what impact is is that having out there?
1: The online news act yeah yeah that's been really devastatingly bad it is the the most horrible of horrible legislation that you can imagine right so at the end of the day they've managed to squeeze 100 million dollars out of google which is i don't know i've seen estimates that they were already spending 50 million i don't think it's that high but it was probably at least 25 right so all you've got is about 75 million dollars of incremental revenue Put that in context. I mean, the Calgary Sun and the Calgary Herald together 25 years ago probably brought in about $220 million a year in revenue, right? So that <laughs> that, that, that 75 million, you put that as net plus, then you have to subtract the 18 million that Meta Facebook was spending, plus the, the, the value that they claim it might not be that high. They claim th- that they gave $230 million worth of value to the news industry. But even if you cut that in half, the industry's worse off now than it was before. I have never seen a piece of public policy legislation that, well, maybe maybe the uh, national energy policy in the early 1980s yeah. might have been the only one I can think of that actually made things worse when it was trying to make things better.
0: Yeah. Now, Peter, as an old time uh, journalist and uh, person involved in the news media, when you look at today and you look back, what are your thoughts, that, you know, emotions about a an industry like all of us? This was in our blood when we got into it.
1: Well, I think it's sad. I mean, I've been out of it for a long time. So it's 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 not as sad as if I was still there. Yeah. Um, I I can't imagine how painful it would be to still be there, to to be honest, in terms of that. And I had I mean, I had coffee with another um, old newspaper veteran the other day and, you know, they still said, you know, we had a lot of we had a lot of good times. Right. I mean, and we did. And it was a lot of fun for a long time. Then it ended. Right. I mean, (laughs) it was it was fun being a horse and carriage driver, I'm sure, for a long time, too. And then it (laughs) ended. Right. I don't think any of us could have imagined. I, I remember when I went into the business, I thought, well, every town has a newspaper. Every, there'll always be a newspaper, right? Yeah. You'll always have a job, right? There's, there's always be a, you can move anywhere, right, and get a job and that sort of stuff. And anyway, a boom, right? It, it's just oosh gone.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's well, sad. thanks. It's sad, but it's yeah. you got to deal with it, and you got to, and you got to move forward. There's no point in dwelling on the past
0: and that's the uh, the state i guess the the the, the media is in right now right they gotta, yep. look forward. gotta
1: look forward and public policy needs to try to build a path forward there's we don't have time we we don't have time mean, we, you and i and some other old hacks can get together from time to time and reminisce and use it that but as an industry and as a business we don't have time for that we people people have to move forward and and uh, and get her done
0: all right super thanks peter for joining us today
1: Thanks so much, Mario. And you were a model employee, by the way. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, that was Peter
0: Menzies, Senior Fellow at the McDonald laurier Institute, a former newspaper executive and past Vice-Chair of CRTC. I'm Mario Tanaguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's podcast, Taking Care of Business. Thanks for joining us today.